Welcome to the conversation. This podcast is produced by QSource as part of Medicare's quality improvement organization efforts to share information, educate clinical staff, and encourage improvement through best practices. Each episode discusses a topic that is timely and applicable to you, your staff, and your patients. In this episode, the conversation is about the Living Longer, Living Better Guide for Faith-Based Communities and Nursing. We break from our regular format of host Kathy Ray leading the conversation to that of our guest moderator, Dr. Joanne Burke. She brings together guests Jan Gaddis, Faith Community Nurse at Franciscan Health Indianapolis, and Jane Schwartz, Director of the Center for Health Professions Lifelong Learning at the University of Southern Indiana. Each shared their experience with using the guide and discusses how their organization is working together to make a difference. This is the second in a four-part series. Well, welcome everyone. This is Kathy Ray, Quality Improvement Advisor with QSource. And we are continuing our podcast series today with our second podcast focused on our faith community nurses today with Dr. Joanne Burke. Hello, it's good to see you. So we will get started in the conversation. She has a couple of guests with her today. Um, We have Jan Gaddis. She is a faith community nurse at Franciscan Health um, for almost 25 years, and she's worked over 20 years of those at the Holy Cross community as the parish nurse. So uh, welcome, Jan. We're glad you're on the call with us. We have Jane Schwartz, who is our director for the health professions, continuing education, and adjunct assistant professor at the University of Southern Indiana. So we're very glad to have both of you with us joining Dr. Burke um, and QSource with continuing the conversation with Living Longer, Living Better. So that was a mouthful. (laughs) But Joanne, would you like to get us started in the conversation today? Well, first of all, thank you very much for the opportunity to uh, talk with you today and have a wonderful conversation here with our our guests. Uh, I'm talking with you as the chair of the Indiana Commission on Aging. We have developed a guide for local communities. It's a grassroots approach to help communities identify some advocates within the community that could help the community become more age and dementia friendly. We have lots and lots of things going on in Indiana right now with public policy that uh, is related to older adults and supportive services for older adults. Transformation of services provided to older adults in Indiana who need assistance with daily living and meet qualifications for Medicaid is definitely in process. This is being driven by two things, by cost and by COVID. By 2024, The state's target is that 75% of those who meet nursing home level of care and who qualify for Medicaid will receive services in home and community-based settings. Currently, over 60% of nursing home beds in Indiana are funded by Medicaid. Thus, Indiana is deinstitutionalizing the care of older adults who qualify for Medicaid and meet nursing home level of care. This is being done by changing to a managed care system 
instead of a fee-for-service system of payment. Half the states have already made this change. While this change is long overdue, the challenge for Indiana local communities is that we do not have adequate numbers of home and community-based services because we have been so heavily dependent on nursing home care for quite a while. While nursing homes will continue to be needed, we need to help the public understand that more older people will be aging in place at home instead of receiving care in nursing homes. Families will be expected to provide more care for their loved ones as we move to this model. Local communities need to examine their zoning ordinances as older adults will be living with their adult children, adult day services will be needed, and more personal care assistance will be needed to help families provide care at home. These issues are linked to health equity and social determinants of health. The Living Longer, Living Better guide that the Commission on Aging developed encourages local communities to take a grassroots approach to addressing social determinants of health and to increasing age and dementia-friendly initiatives. The guide encourages a group within the local community to identify itself and become advocates for age and dementia-friendly initiatives. This self-identified group of advocates can function within already existing community coalitions, or the functions can be carried by a standalone informal group or taken up by an entity such as a senior center, a faith community, or several faith communities working in collaboration, or by other community groups such as a hospital or health system. The Area Agency on Aging serving these local communities would work in collaboration with these local advocates. So as you see, lots is going on in Indiana right now. There are many opportunities for us to roll up our sleeves and begin to think a little bit differently than we've been doing in the past. Did you say by 2024? By 2024. Wow. State's target is that 75% of those who meet nursing home level of care okay. and qualify for Medicaid will receive services in home and community-based settings. And again, currently over 60% of nursing home beds in Indiana are funded by Medicaid. So we're going to have uh, quite a change and this will impact the private market as well as those who are on Medicaid. I think Mm -hmm. We'll be developing more and more services to help families care for people at home. That is some powerful statistics there. <laughs> well, and it can be very overwhelming. And, I, and what I want to say is uh, probably care is more uh, going to be like it was for my grandparents mm -hmm. before we had nursing homes. Now, mm -hmm. the problem is. Uh, women aren't at home to take care of older adults, and we have fewer children in each generation. So we're going to have to roll up our sleeves and figure out some other ways of going about doing this. But we can do it. And so it gives us opportunities to think a little differently uh, mm -hmm. both in our healthcare professions and in our uh, community organizations and in our faith communities. And uh, Jan, I, I wanted to ask you as a, uh, as a nurse clinician and a faith community nurse, uh, how do you see faith community nursing 
becoming involved in some of the changes that we see taking place as we'll have more older people aging in place at home. Thanks, Joanne. Thanks, Kathy, for inviting me to be on this conversation. Yes, uh, as a faith community nurse or as a parish nurse uh, at the congregational level, um, we provide whole person care and we meet folks where they are. So we are with perhaps within that congregation. We know the folks. We might know some of the things happening. Um, we may get to know them more with some issues coming up. We provide also... Um, education and navigation advocacy. Uh, we provide um, transitional care. We, we, we can be about a transitional care model. Um, know them before they go in the hospital um, or before they go to a facility or help prevent from that happening. So um, we provide congregational support within the community, within the uh, volunteers. Um, we at Franciscan, we're working with our parish nurses, our faith community nurses, for a palliative care approach in those advanced care planning conversations and partnership. And it's about relationships. So we um, have relationships with folks in our congregation, in our community, our faith community. Um, we collaborate with other agencies around. We help bridge a gap that's uh, in the healthcare system so we can be a valuable partner in that health team. Um, Jan, this is so, Kathy. Yes. What are what are some of those? Who are some of those partners that you've uh, collaborated with? Okay, Just for so, a reference point. Yes. So collaborating with QSource, uh, providing a lot of resources. But uh, perhaps we are in Marion County, so Marion County Health Department, uh, with Franciscan and the other area hospitals. Um, we partner with American Health Heart Association um, in the past Asthma Alliance. So for my work at Holy Cross, um, we meet them where they are, what are their needs, and then connect with uh, agencies and services around. So like the St. Vincent de Paul provides for some of the social determinants of health for food and housing and clothing. Um, so we partner with them. We partner with the schools um, for the educational pieces for health and wellness, uh, integrating that whole person for the person and the family. Um, we're faithfully nursing a specialty practice, um, utilizing that critical thinking skills and with autonomy. And so providing um, what's needed at the time and uh, partnering, collaborating. I was uh, wondering for nurses who are interested in becoming involved in uh, faith community nursing, uh, Jane Swartz is on now, and I know your um, the University of Southern Indiana provides programming, uh, educational programming for nurses who are interested in learning more and in becoming credentialed with faith community nursing. Could you tell us a little bit about what you are offering down there? And I'm going to ask you why you are providing this educational opportunity. Uh, well, I would say it's a very uh, historical. We've been offering a faith community 
program for many years before I even came to uh, USI. So it's been a long history. Uh, we have provided it um, um, live, uh, but for the last five or six years, we've been providing it online. So it's an online interactive program uh, that follows the 2019 Foundations of Faith Community Nursing that's provided by the Westberg Institute for Faith Community. Uh, and since we are accredited to provide nursing professional development, uh, when you complete that program, you get 37 uh, contact hours in uh, nursing professional development. Uh, the online portion works well. Uh, we have an expert uh, the, who provides assistance with the modules and the work that goes through that program, meeting the criteria that is set forth by Westberg Institute. So the modules will talk everything from history and philosophy, how to treat that whole person, the importance of spiritual care and prayer. Um, it gives you clues and, and uh, skills on how to begin your ministry, communicating with people, the legal and ethical issues that are a consideration for the faith community nurse, as well as documentation. Uh, they do a lot on health promotion uh, because we're looking at the whole congregation uh, and so what kind of things can we do for health promotion? They also look at behavioral health assessment. And one of the other really important things uh, for the faith community nurse is know what resources are available in your community. So part of the work that is done during that course is to find out what resources are available so that you can share them with your congregation. Uh, they talk about advocacy. Uh, and uh, how to coordinate care in that very important transition of care from patients who are discharged from the hospital during that period of time until they're fully well, how they can be treated well at home. So the program uh, goes over about six weeks and you provide, uh, you do the work, the uh, expert will look at it, uh, and then uh, you'll get your credit for that program along with an evaluation. Uh, that is one way we do that. We offer that program at least twice a year, and we have offered it uh, in special sessions. If someone says we have a number of nurses who would like to do that, then we'll uh, take them through that continuing education program and offer it for them. We also partner with the Tri-State Health Ministry, which is our local organization of faith community nurses, and we provide contact hours for their conferences and some of their meetings so that people who are already faith community can continue to earn professional development as they um, get better or learn more about their role. Uh, that uh, We do that in partnership with the Welburn Foundation, which is a big supporter in Southern Indiana uh, for continuing ed education for faith community nurses. This is Kathy, I have a question. When you talk about your curriculum modules, um, would you say there's a portion of that, that that could be focused or is focused on the elderly or those that suffer with dementia? It is probably part of the curriculum, okay. part of the stuff that, that uh, you know, because we're looking at the whole patient because the faith community nurse would do that whole congregation. So a portion of it, it would be on the elderly. Um, okay. But I would think that if you were going to be part of that, you would also choose other opportunities to improve your knowledge about the older adult. Uh, we offer uh, other conferences here at the University of Southern Indiana that uh, like the uh, Mid-America 
uh, Institute on Aging that is um, offered yearly. Uh, and we have a lot of faith community nurses that go to that. And we have community agencies who support the elderly uh, that are coming to our campus. Now we're doing it virtual in 20. We have to do it virtual again in 21, but we are doing it. Uh, and so the one that's held in August will have a number of speakers about elderly, uh, but also treating diabetes and elder populations. So yes. uh, I, I think as a faith community nursing, there are different issues for that population. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a long believer in lifelong learning. So um, there are many opportunities to support you as you target, because the issues of elderly are different than the issues of the young adult and the middle adult. Mm -hmm. and, and so looking at that population, um, you know, the faith community nurses that I've been involved with, and I've done some work in faith community, is they really like people and they like people in their congregation. When you hear Dr. Burke's statistics coming by 2024, do you have any potential curriculum addendums or changes that you feel may need to be in place with what's getting ready to happen with community-based organizations? Um, I think, you know, I don't teach the gerontology portion of our undergraduate program, uh, but I teach our adult um, gero clinical nurse specialist. And we spend a lot of time talking about transition and care at age-friendly populations and how to support that. Um, I would agree that we just can't afford what we have been doing in the past and uh, living with it as uh, the daughter of someone who was in a long-term care facility, um, it, it, something has to be different. Um, and uh, I see this as an exciting way to bring back that family connection that we need. But those family members are going to need the support uh, that, it, it, you know, it's just very difficult to do. Um, so, I, you know, I see a lot of faith community nurses taking that role and they want to do it in their congregations. Very good. Thank you. This is Joanne and I'm going to ask a very difficult question now. Um, you know, when I think back to the last century, I, I mentioned this as we had a little chat before the podcast recording started. Um, there were faith communities that initiated homes for the aged because they saw people who had no one to take care of them. And I'm wondering now, uh, as we are into this century and we are uh, moving toward more older people getting uh, care at home. Uh, if there might be a role for faith communities to begin to think about uh, nurses on their ministry teams. Um, and I, where I'm going to with my question is, if someone wants to become a faith community nurse, what funding sources are there? for faith community nursing. Now, I know there may be some health systems who adopt this. There may be some congregations that we need to start thinking about. Do we need to put a nurse on our on our ministry team? Uh, any comments from either of you or any any of you on on what I just asked or said? Um, I can go because uh, I get questions about funding a lot. Uh, because they want to take the program, our foundations, and money is limited. Uh, we do have some congregations 
some churches that will support a nurse getting that uh, that training, uh, the foundations of faith community. Uh, we, uh, I know the Welburn Foundation has been very supportive of uh, paying the uh, cost for us to provide this training. Um, I think that we also, um, I've also seen other grants out there. Uh, we worked with an organization out of New York. They got a grant to support a faith community initiative in their, st their state and they couldn't find anything uh, live because no one's doing live. And so they contacted us. So we offered a special session. I think we got 24 people coming through grants. So I think you have to be um, explore different opportunities and look for grants because uh, what we're talking about and changing how we're doing things uh, is what the government wants to do. It, it's it's going to be more cost effective uh, and hopefully take care of patients better. So I think sometimes you have to be uh, have to look and you know if you look hard enough you're going to find what you need. I would just chime in, Joanne, that in our community coalition meetings, we're finding um, in these small rural communities, they have their healthcare ministry teams. And usually, I would say a little over 50%, it's ran by a nurse, um, a, a nurse from the, from the congregation who works in a local hospital or works in a local clinic. And she is working with other volunteers of her congregation and they're they're working on a, a ministry reach out um, you know program for for community members but you know the elderly and the dementia folks have not been a priority we've been um, dealing with the pandemic and so they're worried about reaching those that are homebound and getting getting services to them at home but I think it brings up a good point in the fact that you do have nurses that don't have that foundations of faith um, behind them. And, and so I would have to ask, is there maybe an accelerated class or is there opportunity um, for a, a quick type of a training program for them or would they need to, to fall into the full, the full avenue of, of classes for that? What does that look like? So, so this is Jan, um, just wanted to address that. So, um, Faith Community Nursing, Parish Nursing, has been around for over 35 years formally, starting back in the mid-'80s. Um, and we've it's always it's mostly been a non-paid professional volunteer support. What we're looking at now currently with our partnership with Marion and Community Health Network at Franciscan is how do we look at the metrics to start this next generation to be a paid model in working in the churches um, uh, so that's what we're looking at, is to collecting some data and get some metrics. Um, so we are encouraging any and all, all RNs interested in this, and it's a discernment and a calling, to find, res uh, find courses, and they're available, and be happy to help support um, finding those resources. But to, to get uh, connected, as Kathy says, they're already in the congregation, they're already part of the ministry team and to formalize it so that it can go beyond and hopefully um, we find some funding um, for the for a paid position being a parish nurse we're already in that congregation and at holy cross we looked at uh, age-friendly and dementia-friendly programs already because um, 
our community with the aging population. And what we are doing is also planting seeds for that next generation also, um, building those relationships. And I think that's very critical. So we're at a point um, where we're ready to move to the next level. Um, I've been in it for 25 years thinking that's been happening uh, for the last 20. Um, but I think uh, with our health care crisis right now coming out of the pandemic, um, opening things up, um, this conversation has been going on and continued to go on very strongly as we plant the seeds for that next generation, preparing them. And I'm, I'm very hopeful and very excited that this will be happening. So thank you for this opportunity to have these conversations and to get the word out. It's very beneficial, very passionate. <laughs> This is Joanne. I know after I talked with uh, Jane and Jan and, and Kathy uh, about faith community nursing, I simply uh, talked with some people within my own local congregation and I said, you know, I'm thinking with our ministry team, we probably need to start thinking about having at least a part-time paid position for a faith community nurse on our ministry team. And um, I yeah. said, I of all the years that I spent, which was 50 plus in healthcare, both working in nursing and in social work, I can only imagine what's going to happen now as we uh, have someone who has had a stroke or had a, uh, a similar kind of situation happen and they're at the hospital and all of a sudden they have to sign up for, for Medicaid, which should be expedited now within 72 hours, according to what's being planned. And they'll have to sign up with one of probably three or four insurance companies who will be handling the dual eligible population for Medicare and Medicaid. And all of a sudden, someone's going to be learning that what they thought would be their their loved one going to a nursing home for care they'll be going home after a short rehab stay and they will be living at home and the family's going to have to take care of them at home and uh, <laughs> that is going to be uh, something that i do not think people are are used to because the nursing home industry was built on on medicaid uh, Medicaid and Medicare was initiated along with the Older Americans Act in 1965, and the nursing home industry built uh, on, on that, that uh, Medicare and Medicaid uh, foundation. And we tried very hard in nursing homes. Uh, we, we modeled them. We had a medical model. We modeled them after the old hospitals. And, of course, they haven't been the most livable environments for people. But we did the best we could during that period of time. I went through all of that, lived through all of that, worked in all those facilities through that time. But um, now we need to be moving on. And... Uh, and we'll have more people outside of institutions, older adults. So, but I, I really think that that uh, faith community nursing uh, could play a very, very valuable role in these faith communities and helping family caregivers as they uh, <laughs> uh, care for people. Because we know the acuity of care at home now is substantive. Um, so 
people will need a, a lot of support. So I just planted the seed in my own congregation for thinking about at least adding a part-time position. So is that being done? Are you, is there outreach for faith communities to start thinking about this or are we just in the early, I mean, I think Jan, you addressed some of that, but thoughts on how far along we are with planting the seed in faith communities? Yes, this is Jan. Um, so at our congregation with Holy Cross Church, we, um, my attention was to that family caregiver. And myself, going through several years with my father with Alzheimer's and my mother um, with cancer, and at the same time for two years being in and out of facilities, uh, we needed to attend to the caregiver. And so firsthand mm -hmm. experience and then, um, of course, see that within my congregation. So that support. So the professional nurse in the congregation there to help support the family, the patient, not the patient, but the prisoner and the and the um, caregivers is very critical. And I think it's been going on informally. So what we're looking at is how do we bring it into a more formal. So Joanne, planting that seed at your congregation and saying this is critical is a great step. So we're in that beginning stages of um, reigniting that passion for faith community nursing for that outreach within the community care within faith communities. So, um, yes, planting those seeds and developing those relationships and building on that, making those connections, and then ultimately being of service to those in need. Thank you. Uh, this is Jane. I would uh, agree with that. My Most of my experience has been with faith community nurses who are volunteer positions, maybe retired nurses who uh, volunteer to do that. Uh, I know that in our area, Memorial Hospital has a part of their hospital that uh, really uh, touches base with the faith community nurses in that area uh, to help with transition of care and other issues that go along with that. I know that Ascension Health in our area also has a portion of their uh, case management or part of the program that touches base with faith community nurses to support people who are being discharged uh, into different communities. Um, but I also uh, agree that I think the future of where we're going and what we see about nurses is that the faith community could be a position that many people would be interested in, many nurses would be, uh, if they could um, make a living at it, uh, rather than mm -hmm. just being a volunteer. Uh, because I have seen um, volunteer health ministry nurses do uh, plan blood drives and do transition care and help with palliative care and do health fairs and have a closet full of health equipment to help their congregations. Um, can imagine what we could do if we could make a living uh, because I think a lot of nurses would find this of interest, uh, particularly as people are not staying in the hospital very long. Uh, and we have to look at a different paradigm change. And you're a trusted source for these families, right? I mean, yes. they're probably going to come to you before they trust a stranger from, and I get they may need a home care nurse, but if they have a relationship with the parish nurse, they're going to trust you to take care of what they think is manageable, but knowing, <laughs> knowing well, I, I that it could turn into a full-time job, right? Uh, it's that level of trust. 
I think uh, this is Jane. I think the nurses, one, we're the most trusted profession. We've known that long for many years. Uh, but if you see you see that person in church with you, uh, yes, I think it gives you an added. Um, I think I could trust them. So I would totally agree with you. This is Jan. So what we're looking at at Franciscan, and again with our collaboration and partnership with Community Health, is to looking for that next generation. So. Uh, like Jane said, they've been mostly retired and non-paid professional volunteers. So we're looking for the next generation who will need to be paid. Um, I have a vision that I've held for several years uh, that uh, it's a hybrid. So the nurse, this young nurse, is paid uh, 30 hours at the bedside in the hospital or acute setting and paid 10 hours then for their full-time 40 hours, 10 hours in the faith community, out in the community for community care, or 35-5, or, or whatever the institution, the health agency would want to pay, but that they keep their clinical skills at the bedside, but it also increase their um, community skills out in their faith community. And I, I think that will attract uh, that next generation of nurses. Yes. And that's what I'm hopeful for, and that's what I'm holding a vision that we can do that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if not full-time, full-time. But it's a calling and um, a preparation. So, yes, they need to work at the bedside, uh, acute setting, get their skills, but to come out and learn their new skills of community care and being that integrator of faith and health um, and, and uh, being there for the, for the uh, community, for the parishioners and such. Mm -hmm. This is Joanne, and this is exactly what we're, um, as the Indiana Commission on Aging, is encouraging at a grassroots level that we get collaboration and partnerships and faith communities working with health systems and health systems working with community organizations, you know, just to, to we have to do it differently. And uh, other people... Uh, this is Jane. I, I'd like to, you know, as a nursing faculty, I want, I, I think we're seeing nursing education change too. There has always been this historical on the acute care setting on uh, taking care of patients in ICU, but what we're seeing is, is a shift to health promotion and how can we help with health disparities before illness. Uh, so we're doing more things with primary care. We're doing more things with health determinants. We're, we have specialized courses in ger gerontology to show students that there are a lot of jobs outside of those acute care facility jobs um, that are going to be needed in the future. We just got to figure out how they can get paid and how they can make a living at those jobs because they want them. Jan's well, model is a really exciting one. Oh, this is Karen. Jan's model is a really exciting one because there's a, a income stream from the hospital systems that can be relied on and then maybe a part-time stream um, from the community so the same person could actually get experience in both community and hospital settings. But I was going to ask, since, since you're a faculty member, um, I... I wonder if there's a need for outreach to like IUK School of Nursing, Ivy Tech nursing programs to see if any of them would make the link to parishes to help show the parishes, you know, uh, what they could do um, 
I don't know. Is there a reasonable way to link the educational institutions and the churches? Um, this is Jan again. Uh, up in IU Kokomo, we did have a parish nurse program uh, with Lucy. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so she had that. And so I don't know what, I'm sure she had the link out in the communities, the faith communities. Um, there's a new uh, person, I think she's adjunct at you Kokomo, IU Kokomo, um, Susie Plow, and she's a, a case manager and just recently took the course and saw the significance for the clinical and the community uh, impact for case mm -hmm. management and faith community nursing together. So we've been talking, and she is sounds like a go-getter up there in the Kokomo area. So that would be a link in that area. Um, I Good. think she's worked down in T Tipton area too, so she is very passionate and um, reigniting. So I think there's pockets all around. And uh, instead of working in silos, how do we work together and how do we bring this, this information and planting those seeds out? So I, mm -hmm. thank you for thank this you. opportunity. Well, we want to thank everyone for today's conversation. Joanne, you've done a great job of leading us into just amazing information, especially the facts of the way things are changing for all of us and how we're all going to rise up and, and figure out a way to collaborate, work together, work across county lines, work whatever that looks like, right, Joanne, and, and make it happen. So this has been wonderful. Thank you so much, everyone, for participating. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, the, uh, the statute that put us in existence for the Indiana Commission on Aging gave us something very broad, and that was to study um, what is happening with aging in the state of Indiana and to try to improve the quality of life for older Hoosiers. Wow, that's broad. But anyway, I, I really, really appreciate the opportunity to talk about faith community nursing, to talk about faith communities, how we can begin to get some new and exciting partnerships, how we can begin to plan together, uh, roll up our sleeves and get out here and figure out. We have more of us living longer than ever before. We don't know how to do that. COVID really challenged us with this. And uh, so there's a silver lining in some of this sometimes, and I think there may be a better way we can do some things. And as human beings, I think we can keep working with this. And, and uh, so uh, our good Lord gave us a brain. So uh, <laughs> sometimes you need to use it a little bit more than, than we do. But anyway, thank you so much for, for your participation. Thank you for joining the conversation. If you found this conversation of interest, we encourage you to join the conversation by visiting us online at qsource.org slash conversation podcast. The conversation was produced by QSource, the Quality Innovation Network Quality Improvement Organization for Indiana, under a contract with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Content does not necessarily reflect CMS policy.